in front of her house to wait. He couldn't go up in the dern yard because of the dern cats, of which there were eighteen or twenty at least. They would scratch his eyes out if he went any closer. I found Aunt Loma sitting at the kitchen table, her long curly red hair still loose and tousled, the dirty breakfast dishes pushed back to clear a space. With one cat in her lap and another licking an oatmeal bowl on the table, she sat drinking coffee and reading a book of theater plays. Mama never knew how often Aunt Loma put pleasure before duty like that. Mama liked to stay in front of her work, but then Loma was young, just twenty, and slovin'. When I told her what Grandpa said, she slammed her book down so hard the cat leaped off the table. Why don't you just tell him I'm busy? But even as she spoke, she stood up, gulped some coffee, set down the cup still half full, and rushed upstairs to change into a black dress on account of her mother having just died and all. When she came down, carrying fat, sleepy Campbell Jr., her mass of red hair was combed, pinned up, and draped with what she called my genteel black veil. Campbell Jr. pulled at the veil all the way to our house, and Aunt Loma fussed all the way. When we got there, she handed the baby over to our cook, Queenie, and hurried in where Grandpa was pacing the front hall, his high-top black shoes squeaking as he walked. I couldn't help noticing how in only three weeks as a widower he already looked like one. His dark bushy hair and long gray beard were tangled. The heavy droopy mustache had some dried food stuck on it. His black hat, pants, and vest were dusty, and the homemade white shirt rusty with tobacco juice. Granny always prided herself on keeping his wild hair and beard trimmed, his shirts clean, his pants brushed, and nice. Now that she was gone, he couldn't do for himself very well, having only the one hand, but he wouldn't let Mama or Aunt Loma do for him. Morning, Pa, Aunt Loma grumped. Is that y'all, Will? Mama called from the dining room, where she was closing windows and pulling down shades to keep out the morning sun. We waited in the front hall till she hurried in, her hair still in a thick plait down one side of her neck. I always thought she looked pretty with it like that, almost like a young girl. Mama was a plain person like Granny, and didn't dress fancy the way Aunt Loma did every time she stuck her nose out of the house. Even at home, Aunt Loma was fancy. She wouldn't have been caught dead in an apron made out of a flour sack, whereas Mama had one that still read, Try Skylock Self-Rising Flour, right across the chest. The words hadn't washed out yet, which I was sure Aunt Loma noticed as she said crossly, Morning, sister. Taking off the apron as if we had real company, Mama said to me, Son, you go gather the eggs, here. With Mary Torgon, you got to gather the eggs. Yes'm. My feet dragged me toward the back hall. Let them eggs wait, Mary Willis, Grandpa ordered. I want Will Tweedy to hear what I come to say. He'll know soon enough anyways. Then he stomped toward the open front door and put his hand on the knob as if all he planned to say was goodbye, or maybe more like he was fixing to put a match to a string of firecrackers and then run before they went off. My mother asked nervous like, You want us all to go sit in the parlor, sir? He shook his head. No, nah, Mary Willis. It won't take long enough to sit down for. He took off his black hat and laid it on the table, pulled at his mustache, scratched through the white streak in his beard, and turned those deep blue eyes on Mama and Aunt Loma, his grown children, standing together puzzled and uneasy. When he began his announcement, you could tell he had practiced it. Now, daughters, you know I was true to your mother. Miss Mattie Lou was a fine wife, a good cook, a real good woman beloved by all in this here town and by me, as y'all know. Hearing Grandpa go on about Granny made my throat ache. Mama and Aunt Loma went to sobbing out loud, their arms around each other. Now quit your blubbering, Mary Willis. Hush up, Loma, 
I ain't finished. Then his voice softened. Since your mama's passing, I've been a-studying on our life together. Thirty-six year we had, and they was good years. I want y'all to know I ain't never gonna forget her. Course you won't, won't, Pa, said my mother, sobbing. But she's gone, just like this here hand of mine. He held up his left arm, the shirt sleeve knotted as usual just below the elbow. Grandpa's blue eyes were suddenly glassy with unspilled tears. He struggled to get a hold of himself, then went on. Like I said, she's gone now, so I've been studying on what to do, how to make out. Well, I done decided, and when I say what I come to say, I want you all to know there ain't no disrespect to her intended. Grandpa opened the door wider. He was about to light his firecrackers. Now, what I come to say, he blurted out, is I'm aiming to marry Miss Love Simpson.